Welcome to the Songwriters Podcast with Anne Sibley. Thanks to Rocky Mountain Prayer Healing for supporting this episode of the Songwriters Podcast. Leslie Foster is helping people's bodies to heal themselves through prayer, forgiveness, energy healing work, and flower essences. Go to RockyMountainPrayerHealing.com to connect with Leslie and her services, including healing touch for your beloved pets. That's RockyMountainPrayerHealing.com. Welcome to episode two of the Songwriters Podcast with Anne Sibley. I am super glad you're here. And I'm so glad that more songwriters are giving themselves permission to write the songs that they know that are in them. We have such a need for more songs and more songwriting. And I'm so proud of all the songwriters that I work with all around this country who allow themselves to be vulnerable, who show up to write their songs. And speaking of showing up to write their songs, John Lowell and I go way back. He is my guest songwriter today. And my earliest memories of hearing John's music would be, I would say in the early 2000s, I'm at Dornan's in Grand Teton National Park. My belly's full with pizza and delicious salad. And out comes John to play an evening of music with the different groups of musicians that he played with over the years and his songwriting has always really touched me and it's always brought me back in time so i think you're really going to enjoy my guest songwriter today john lowell don't forget to subscribe to the podcast it would also be great if you left a review and you can even share this episode with a friend here he is let's welcome the prolific and masterful storyteller john lowell John Lowell, I'm so glad to be with you this morning. Thanks for hanging out with me all the way from Montana. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. Well, I would well, love for people to hear you sing one of your original songs that I've been lucky to listen to a lot of your original music for many years. So which one are you going to play for us today? This is one called uh, Times Are Getting Harder Every Day. This one I started in the back of a the back seat of a car in Switzerland headed to a gig and originally was supposed to be kind of the uh, way I first started turning out it was going to be like a protest song almost you know like the 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 oppressed common man you know by the but you know being squashed by the straw boss and the big but uh I changed that I figured you know I don't really know much about that and it just didn't seem like it seemed like it was working so I've just changed it to a uh, kind of it sounds kind of like an old an old time song to me but it's just uh, each neither none of the verses are connected to each other they're just all talking about different hard things so so it goes like this I've worked hard my whole life long just trying to get ahead if I get any better then I'd probably be dead if this were a bad dream, I'd wake up and walk away. Times are getting harder every day. I've always made my living with a shovel and a pick. There'll be no more money, boy, should ever I get sick. You know I'm barely getting by until I draw my pay. Oh, times are getting harder every day. 
never really had much, so I don't have much to lose. Except for this old worried mind and a case of low-down blues. Now there's no use in complaining, but believe me when I say that times are getting harder every day. Marketplace to get a leg of veal. All that she came home with was a half a pound of meal. And it turned out to be wormy, but we ate it anyway. Cause times are getting harder every day. An icy wind blows from the north when winter rolls around. The battered walls of this old house just barely slow it down. And the sun will hide for weeks behind a dirty veil of gray. Times are getting harder every day. Oh, I never really had much, so I don't have much to lose. Except for this old worried mind and a case of low-down blues. But there's no use in complaining, but believe me when I say that times are getting harder every day. So when I die, don't bury me beneath a slab of stone. Where the earth is cold and dark around my dusty bones Just lay me on a mountaintop and that is where I'll stay Where times ain't getting harder every day Oh, I never really had much, so I don't have much to lose Except for this old worried mind and a case of low-down blues But there's no use in complaining, but believe me when I say Times are getting harder every day. Yeah, times are getting harder every day. Oh, times are getting harder every day. Oh, nice. Oh, man. I don't think I've heard that one before. Thanks so much for sharing that. You yeah. Know, I was wondering when, when you were younger or just whenever in your life have people, I wonder if people call you an old soul. <laughs> uh, no, they never did. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just something, you know, I, I know a lot of your music and your songwriting and you always end up taking me back to a place, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of like historical fiction and, and historical nonfiction, you know, as I hope I want to invite people to go back and listen to, you know, your your other songs that you've written. But I was thinking about how in that song, you're you're so good as a songwriter um, at painting a picture. You know, and I remind my songwriters, paint a picture, you know, put us somewhere like your lyrics are so good at doing that. But I was thinking that you don't just like paint a little picture. You know, sometimes at the beginning of a song, someone will like put us in a place, give us a little yeah. bit of description. But you continue to, in that song, especially you do that throughout the whole song. And it's almost like we're in a whole museum. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's like, we're just no, walking I... through this whole museum and you're just continuing to paint this picture. And and yeah, you're one of my favorite storytellers, so. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I always do try, literally have, I often have the, the conscious thought of, okay, I need to paint a picture in the listener's head. So sometimes the, uh, the um, the first verse will will set a scenario. Like there's a there's a song I wrote a long, long, long time ago called the Cottonwood. Mm. And it's about this uh, about this tree 
it's just the focal point of the song, but it's a love story. It's a sad love story. But uh, the first verse goes. Well, the autumn wind is chilly and the moon is shining down Upon a lonely cottonwood the leaves are dried and brown And carved into its withered bark so dim it barely shows A heart with four initials made so many years ago So that whole verse was intended to just, you know, put you in a place so that you can visualize this old weathered, weather beaten cottonwood with a, with a faded heart with the, where someone carved their initials in it. <clears throat> I love that. I love the, the melody, right? The music you're matching those lyrics up to is really helping those lyrics really come. That's in, it's important to match the, uh, match the, the melody with the lyrics or vice versa whichever one you happen to be working on. In I the past, that. I've often had come up with a melody. If I have a melody that's rolling around in my head, then there's always some sort of tune going on in my head. It might be, <laughs> might be one I don't really want, then I have to consciously change the, change the, the setting and ch put the tune in there that I want. And, um, but I'll let a tune run around, rolling around in my head and try to decide, well, you know, what's this about? Is it is it happy? Is it sad? Is it you know what's what's this whole song supposed to be? I don't always write melody first. Sometimes it's lyrics first. But um, when uh, when you're writing ahead. lyrics, John, like going back to the first song or or this last one, that was really cool. I love it that you get inspired and just jumped into a song. <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, but when you're writing lyrics, do has there been you know a change over your lifetime of like do they just flow right out of you? Do you spend you know tons of time on them? Is it different every time? Like how how is lyric writing for you? I try to. Uh, everybody has a little a little voice in their head of their inner editor about, well, that, that line's not very good, or this song is kind of lousy or something like that. And I have learned to, uh, to lock that little guy away in a room. He has a special little room that he has to go and sit in. And then when I write, I try to write as fast as I can and just let things come out. And, um, and you have to, you know, you're accepting a, a certain level of mediocrity at that point, but then then you let that guy out of the room and you start combing through these lyrics and you decide, well, this one's no good, but this one has some potential. Let's, uh, let's work on that. And, um, so, and I'm, I'm, I try to do that. I'm guilty about that. I'm trying to, uh, I'm in, I'm in the middle of a chorus. I'm trying of a song I'm trying to write right now that, uh, my editor apparently has the key to his room and he can get out. <laughs> and, and I'm, I haven't, I, mean, I haven't really sat down and really, you know, dug in on this thing, but, uh, but that's, that's my goal to try to just, you know, write quickly. And, uh, I try to come up, I try to come up with the title of the song as soon as I can as well. Cause that often will inform you about what this thing is going to be about. I love that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I've been likening it recently as I'm working with songwriters and I'm trying to explain my process. I've been likening what you just described to 
flying a plane without being able to see where I'm going. It's just completely cloudy. And it, it feels a little scary to just kind of hang on. I mean, it feels vulnerable too, right? Just to like, let this stuff pour through me. But I do the same thing that you do. I really have learned a long time ago not to listen to that voice or those voices. Mm -hmm. that Because that those voices for me are, uh, wait, what, what are you even writing about? Does this make any sense? It's like, shh, like, go, yeah. <laughs> be quiet. And so it's That's almost right. like what you, the way you just described of that, the title almost helps you help determine where the song's going. I love, like, it's just this, you know, almost like putting a puzzle together. I'm just like, okay, what is this going to make in the end? I'm not, I'm not completely sure. And I hang on for the yeah. ride. There's been more, more than once that I've, and I'm sure you're the same way that I've been into a song and, and, you know, on my way to writing this thing and I have no idea what's going to happen and how it's going to end up. And, uh, that song I just played the little bit of, that was one of them. I had no idea how it was going to end up. And, uh, it ends up being, uh, that, uh, this, this couple carve their initials in this tree and they, and they get married underneath this tree and they, they make a, a vow that if I, if we're ever apart, we'll meet again underneath this tree. And so he goes off to war and he writes her to every, every day. And, uh, and then he comes sailing back. I'm picturing like World War One in my head. He comes sailing back and to, only to find out that she had just died like a week before and they buried her underneath the tree. Mm. So, so they do meet, you know, she said, I'll still be waiting for you underneath that same old tree. So she is, but she's, <laughs> she's six feet under. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's emotional and beautiful and sounds like an amazing book as well. <laughs> yeah, it might be kind of hard to write about. Well, no, no. Anyway. Well, and just, for, yeah, for people that aren't familiar with your music yet, but they're about to go look you up and look up all your recordings, um, you know, you've been with a lot of different bands. I mean, I first... You know, when I first met you, you were doing a lot with Ben Winship, with the Growling Old Men, and then you were in Canes River. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're, you're still living up in Montana. I was down in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and um, it was so fun that our paths would cross and your songwriting really yeah. inspired me. And then I also know, um, in addition to all these recordings and you've done, uh, you know, solo albums and uh, won songwriting awards. I know you also are so kind to share your time and, and skills with um, songwriters and teaching. So I'd also be curious, um, what's a thing or two that you see um, when you're helping songwriters, what they struggle with? Um, that's what, you know, I wonder if it is that, you know, I'm sure it's that inner editor, that inner critic, um, but if there's something, something you can, yeah, you wanted to share, it'd be neat to talk about that. Yeah, I don't think there's any one thing I see people struggling with, because I think that the whole thing is a struggle. And that, to me, songwriting is not easy. I mean, it, it, to my view, there's, there's like four different parts to a song. There's, you know, there's the melody, and then there's the lyrics, there's the chords, and then there's the meter. So um, any one of those things can be can be, you know, difficult to decide on, but, um, you know, this, there's a song I'm working on now. Goes, um, I changed the chords and I think it sounds better. And it's just, a, just, it's just the first line. The melody goes. 
So when I first came up with the chords, I went. But I've since added a a a, a, a six chord to it, so now it goes. Which I think helps it immensely. So just now it's. And uh, that's, that's the song. Yeah. yeah, and so chords um, on that first song I played that uh, uh, times are getting harder every day. I won't, uh, I won't cable back up because it doesn't really matter. But the melody on the first two lines is di they're different, but the chords are the same. So it goes. And then the next line is the same chords, but the melody is different. And then this next line, the melody is the same, but the chords change. And then you're pretty much through it. Times are getting harder every day. That's great. Oh, that's such a great example. And to show some variety and that you can play the same chords, but create a different melody. I love hearing those different notes. You know, you play the same chords, but it's like, what else am I hearing here? There's so many notes to choose from. But that's yeah. neat. Then kept the melody the same for two lines in a row, but the chords were different. I think yeah. it reminds me of something I, I talk about a lot in, in the teaching that I do and the songwriting workshops and courses. And that's bringing a sense of playfulness. I think that helps with the struggle. When people start to really struggle, yeah. they're overthinking and... Um, or, you know, they're getting frustrated with maybe their lack of skills. Um, but I yeah. invite that playfulness. So learning, that's why I love having you on today. I love that I'm starting this podcast um, because I think we just really inspire each other. We can inspire other songwriters to like think of, try something they haven't tried before. Well, I just got back from England where I taught songwriting for a, for a week to, and we had 12 people in the class. And um, the first day, uh, I, you know, when we were making introductions, um, I said, uh, I said, well, this, this songwriting is a whole different, whole different animal than the, if this was a guitar class, I could teach you, um, you know, a tune called cold frosty morning, for example, and this is the tune and this is how it goes. And here's how you play it. This is the melody. It's all very concrete. You know, here's how, here's a variation. Try this and that kind of thing. But with songwriting, that's, that's all out the window. It's just, no one can sit up in front and tell you this is how you write a song because it's like uh, like my wife joanne says often i mean how long is a piece of string it's um uh, you know you can't you know how do you write a song it's well you can do this or you can do that and there's different approaches and one of the exercises that we did to begin with i mean the whole week was just different exercises and and uh, um they didn't know a lot of them didn't know each other and so i had them pair up and they interviewed each other for uh, uh, for 15 minutes, and then and then the other person would interview the, the other person. And so, um, yeah, but all the time that they were like, if I was interviewing you, I'd be listening for a hook, and then while you're interviewing me, you're listening for a hook too. But then, then when everybody came back, um, I would have you stand up, and you would say, "This is my friend John, and he, you know, he's from Montana, and just." And so you, so that way we got the whole class introduced to each other, but, uh, um, 
but it, it was a great class, man. We had some, that's all we did. We did different exercises. Try this. Does this work? Great. If it doesn't, we're going to do something else this afternoon. Let's try that. And uh, it mainly was just to unlock creativity and get people's minds open. Because I think that if you're going to say you're a songwriter, then you should be a songwriter and you should do it every single day. It's just like a muscle. If you don't use it, it atrophies. Yes. I so, was just thinking about that with all those exercises, right? Um, they're flexing those songwriting muscles. They're getting more used to calling themselves a songwriter. Because I yeah. love how they say, you know, there's so many of us called to be songwriters. And, and I mean, and that's another topic, but the topic of like, we compare ourselves or we say, well, I'm not good as good as this person. I'm not as good as John Lowell. I'm not going to, I'm not going to write songs or he plays, he plays guitar so much better than I do. And um, it's just such like limiting beliefs, right? So I, I do work with people too on that mindset of giving themselves permission, yeah. not comparing and I, and playing, yeah, with creativity, being more creative beings, um, writing every day, like, you know, tapping into a place. Cause I feel like, yes, I can help people with skills, like you said, but it's really that creativity, that permission. And for me, it's almost like, um, I can't write when I'm busy. You know, I can't write when I'm like really busy minded. I need to be at yeah. least in that moment of like, okay, I'm going to do some songwriting right now um, that I really drop in, right? That I'm like clearing my mind and starting to hear whatever melody wants to come through and what wants to Yeah, it's, yeah I think the song that you're working on has to occupy the, the forefront of your mind. If you're busy, you know, working on taxes or something like that, you know, a song's going to sit in the back of your mind and it's, it's not going to, I mean, and that kind of thing has to happen. I mean, in a daily life, of course, it's going to happen, but to be working on a song, it has to be, it has to be in the forefront of your mind. And um, so you're, even then you're subconsciously working on your song, even if you're, you know, doing dishes or something like that. But, um, but I have to have it quiet too. When I drive like on the interstate over to Bozeman, I almost never have music on because I get, I'm, I'm probably some of my most prolific stuff has come from what I'm driving. And, uh, yes. Do you feel, and, like, do you feel like there was a time in your career in your life where you became more serious about being a songwriter and you started to then songwrite every day? I mean, do you remember a time? I mean, I guess I'm asking because there's even been times in my life as musical as I've been and the songs that I've put out and all the writing and that I still, you know, kind of pull back from it and I'm not doing it like you said every day or often. Do you yeah, feel like or have you just always been good at, you know, no matter what else you were doing, you're just like, I'm still going to be songwriting every day. How, how is no, that? I had a, uh, I had a, uh, a period of time, probably about uh, 10 years ago, where I didn't write a song for two years. So I had so much other heavy things going, you know, you know, a divorce. And uh, at the same time, a, um, a friend dying of pancreatic cancer here in the house. And it was just, there was just so much going on that uh, I didn't do anything. And so, um, but I think when I started co-writing, for a long time, I, I just wrote by myself. And I always thought, yeah, yeah I know co-writing is a thing, but, you know, I just, I kind of want to be in total control. 
And, um, but when I started co-writing, I, uh, I think, I think writing solo and co-writing is, is doing them both is the way to go because you you're a lot more prolific. If you have a songwriting appointment with so-and-so, I mean, you, and you show up, you, you know, you're expected to work and you're gonna, you may not finish the song, but you're gonna come up with something. I think my, uh, my catalog of songs has, has grown exponentially since I started co-writing. So you and I have a couple of good ones. Yes. Well, that's great. I mean, that accountability. I mean, I think that's why I get so excited about this group I'm running. It's like, okay, the end of every month, guys, come bring us yeah. to the group. And so that's what everybody tells me. It's like, okay, I know I'm meeting with you and like, I need to have something for it. Um, yeah. I love that. I love how much you've been co-writing, sharing your talents. I'm sure, you know, we know it just only improves our own songwriting. Yeah. You and I wrote a couple songs together and then I just, it revved me up to do a whole bunch of more solo writing. Um, so it's, it's pretty special how, when we connect with each other, it really inspires. Yeah. I, we need to be around other songwriters. Yeah. And it'll get you, you know, someone told me um, a few years ago, they said, man, I like that song. Sounds just like a John Lowell song. And, and they meant it sincerely as a compliment. And I took it as that, but I started thinking, huh, sounds just like that must mean I have a certain style or, or I'm in a rut or something like that, and which happens. I mean, everybody, that happens to everybody. So co-writing is a great way to break out of that rut because you have the input of someone else. And uh, so it's, uh, it's, you know, it's the, the blending of your style and your co-writer style. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so true. That's a really neat thing for people to try. And I, and I think that, you know, I'm sure you've just done this naturally, but I think finding someone obviously that you feel comfortable with, you know, that you feel like you can trust and um, that you're ready to do that. I think that's a whole interesting. interesting yeah, co-writing doesn't, doesn't write, doesn't work with everybody. I have probably half a dozen people I co-write with on a regular basis. And there's, I can think of one guy that uh, we've, we've tried it a couple times and it just didn't click. I mean, we're still, we're friends, <laughs> but, uh, but co-writing just, you know, we, I think we both realized the same thing. It's like, yeah, this is not working between the two of us. That's fine. All right. Great. See ya. See that's you some great. other time. I think that's just another way we can support our own creativity, right? And our songwriting and, not for something. <laughs> well, I would love it if you would grace us with another song um, as we wind yeah. down. It'd be awesome. And and I'm so glad people have had a chance to listen to you today and your music and your process. And um, I'm so glad you're writing and we're, we're lucky you're touring. I mean, that's not something I've been doing much of right now. Um, so that's just a bravery in itself to continue to travel and share your music. So. Yeah, I'll probably do that until I just can't anymore. But I'll play one that I uh, wrote a long time ago. That uh, this one uh, was uh, I won uh, first prize in the Hazel Dickens Songwriting Contest in 2021 with this one, even though the song's 20 years old. And uh, this one, I'm a student of the Old West, and so I tend to write a lot of songs about you know historical songs. This is totally fabricated, but uh, it it comes. I, I got the idea from a, from a sitcom, and this is not a this isn't a happy, funny song at all. 
But in sitcoms, and I'm sure the sitcom industry has a name for this situation, but we've all seen it on those shows, is there's a situation and you have two characters and each of them has a different impression of what the situation is, but they're both wrong. And that's where the humor comes in. And you as the watcher or listener, you know what the situation is, but they don't. And uh, so in this song, the listener knows what the, what the situation is, but the guy who's, right, who's, who's singing the song does not. It's a letter to his mother and it's called Richmond. been years since I sent you a letter to quiet your fears for the fate of your son on the lawless frontier and to ask if you're well there Richmond when I came west at the end could get wealthy digging for ore so I worked on a mining claim two years and four but I never got much for my trouble so tell the girls of the county to pin up their hair start making pretty gowns they want to wear to the ball that will throw just as soon as I'm there for I want to come back home to Richmond I was on my way home when my money ran short so I stopped in Dakota at a cavalry fort I'm employed as a mule skinner and I report to Custer of the 7th Division March in the morning on the Cheyenne and Sioux won't be out long, just a month, maybe two, and upon our return, I will come back to you, and the beautiful hills around Richmond. So tell the girls of the county to pin up their hair, start making the pretty gowns they want to wear to the ball that will throw just as soon as I'm there for I want to come back home to Richmond to the ball that will throw just as soon as I'm there for I want to come back home to Richmond. Mm, oh, I love
love that song. That's one of my favorites. I luckily had muted myself so I could try to sing some harmonies with it. That would be fun to <laughs> be in person again soon and we can sing together. That one's beautiful. Yeah. It's called Richmond. So hopefully everyone will go look that up. And then um, Pete and I fell in love with another one of your songs so much that we decided to record it. So if yeah, you haven't... Yeah. did a great version of that one. Yeah. Well, and then we performed it live so much, but that song's called Jerusalem's Choir, and John wrote that. And um, I know I've joked with you before, John, but we put out that album, Extraordinary Life, and every single song on it I had written except for that one. And it was people would always say, you know which one's my favorite? It's that Jerusalem's Choir. I was like, hey, I didn't write that one. <laughs> hey. <laughs> No. You guys did a fantastic job on that song. Well, it That's reminds a, me of, a, you know, the feeling of a wayfaring stranger, you know, just an old traditional song that just um, there's so much emotion in your in your songs that like, you know, it, it doesn't like hit you over the head. But if you're just in your songs and, and feel them, you know, I, like I feel them in my chest, right? Like we're in the story, we're in the feeling of it. And that's really a special gift that you have as a songwriter. And, and I'm so glad you continue to write and teach and perform and record and co-write. <laughs> it's very inspiring. So that's why no. I keep having you on as a guest songwriter in my in my classes. So it's been so fun, John. Well, I'm glad you're doing this. You're helping out a lot of people um, write, to write songs. Oh, it's so it's so rewarding, as you know, because it really helps us process a lot. I mean, it really is healing. Uh, we all have so many stories that we need to tell. And usually I can't almost like process or feel what I'm really going through until I write the song. And then now it's like outside of me and I can sing it. And then I, you know, it makes me feel good. And it makes me just understand what I'm going through. Yeah. So it's special. Well, awesome. Well, we're looking forward to just any other things you have coming down the line. And and uh and you have your website is johnlowell.com, yes? Right. Okay, so yeah, Lowell is L-O-W-E-L-L.com. And um yeah, John has a lot of amazing music out there, also under Growling Old Men and Canes River. And um, hopefully you'll come near a town near where folks are listening from on the podcast today. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Oh, it was such a pleasure. Thanks for singing to us. All right, John. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Okay. See you later. Okay. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of the Songwriters Podcast. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode or subscribe. And if you want to leave a review, that would be awesome. If you're interested in sponsoring a future episode, just reach out to me and let me know. I'm going to leave you today with a little clip of a brand new song of mine. I hope you enjoy it. It's one that I'm going to put on the next album. It's called Where Will You Go?
just going home.